0: Chapter 4c of The Sheikh This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sheikh by E. M. Hull. Chapter 4c. He had never spoken like that to her before, or used that tone of voice his methods had been more fierce than tender she glanced up swiftly at his face but it baffled her there was no love in his eyes or even desire nothing but an unusual gentleness perhaps you would prefer the diamonds and the pearls he went on pointing disdainfully at the box no no i hate them i hate them all i will not wear your jewels you have no right to think i am that kind of woman she cried hysterically "'You do not like them?' "'Bon Dieu, none of the other women ever refused them.' "'On the contrary, they could never get enough,' he said with a laugh. "'Diana looked up with a startled glance, a look of horror dawning in her eyes. "'Other women?' she repeated blankly. "'You didn't suppose you were the first, did you?' he asked with brutal candor. "'Don't look at me like that. They were not like you. "'They came to me willingly enough.' too willingly. Allah, how they bored me. I tired of them before they tired of me. She flung her arm across her eyes with a dry sob, straining away from him. She had never thought of that. In the purity of her mind it had never occurred to her. She was only one of many, one of a succession of mistresses taken and discarded at his whim. She writhed with the shame that filled her. Oh, you hurt me, she whispered very low, and then anger killed all other feeling. He had loosened his arm about her, and she wrenched herself free and sprang to her feet. I hate you, do you understand? I hate you, I hate you! He lit a cigarette leisurely before answering, and moved into a more comfortable position on the divan so you have already told me this afternoon he said at length coolly and with reiteration your remark becomes less convincing ma chérie. her anger ebbed away she was too tired to be angry she was humiliated and hurt and the man before her had it in his power to hurt her more but she was at his mercy and tonight she could not fight she pushed the hair off her forehead with a heavy sigh and looked at the Sheikh's long length stretched out on the couch, the steely strength of his limbs patent even in the indolent attitude in which he was lying, at his brown handsome face, inscrutable as it always was to her, and the feeling of helplessness came back with renewed force, and with it the sense of her own pitiful weakness against his force, compelling her to speak have you never felt pity for a thing that was weaker than yourself have you never spared anything or any one in all your life have you nothing in your nature but cruelty are all arabs hard like you she said shakily has love never even made you merciful he glanced up at her with a harsh laugh and shook his head love connais pas yes i do he added with swift mockery i love my horses "'When you don't kill them,' she retorted. "'I am corrected when I don't kill them.' "'There was something in his voice that made her reckless, "'that made her want to hurt him. "'If you give no love to the—the women whom you bring here, "'do you give love to the women of your harem? "'You have a harem, I suppose, somewhere?' "'She braved him with curling lip and scornful voice.' But as she spoke, she knew that she had only hurt herself, and her voice faltered. His hand reached out suddenly, and he dragged her down into his arms again with a laugh. "'And if I have, are you jealous? What if the nights I spent away from you were passed in my harem? What then?' "'Then may Allah put it into the heart of one of your wives to poison you so that you never come back,' she said fiercely.' "'Allah, so beautiful and so bloodthirsty,' he said in bantering reproof. Then he turned her face up to his, smiling into her angry eyes with amusement. "'I have no harem, and thanks be to Allah no wives, Sherry. Does that please you?' "'Why should I care? It is nothing to me,' she replied sharply with a vivid blush. He held her closer, looking deeply into her eyes, holding them as he could when he liked, in spite of her efforts to turn them away, a mesmerism she could not resist. "'Shall I make you care? Shall I make you love me? I can make women love me when I choose.' She went very white and her eyes flickered. She knew that he was only amusing himself, that he was utterly indifferent to her feelings, that he did not care if she hated or loved him, But it was a new form of torture that was more detestable than anything that had gone before it it infuriated her that he could even suggest that she could come to care for him that she could ever look on him as anything but a brutal savage who had committed a hideous outrage that she could ever have any feeling for him except hatred and loathing that he should class her with the other women he spoke of revolted her she felt degraded soiled as she had never done before AND SHE HAD THOUGHT THAT SHE HAD FELT THE UTMOST HUMILIATION OF HER POSITION. THE COLOR RUSHED BACK INTO HER FACE. I WOULD RATHER YOU KILLED ME, SHE CRIED PASSIONATELY. SO WOULD I, HE SAID DRYLY, FOR IF YOU LOVED ME YOU WOULD BORE ME, AND I SHOULD HAVE TO LET YOU GO. WHILE AS IT IS, HE LAUGHED SOFTLY, AS IT IS I DO NOT REGRET THE CHANCE THAT TOOK ME INTO BISKRA THAT DAY. He let her go and got up with a yawn, watching her approvingly as she crossed the tent. The easy swing of her boyish figure and the defiant carriage of her head reminded him of one of his own thoroughbred horses. She was as beautiful and as wild as they were, and as he broke them, so would he break her. She was nearly tamed now, but not quite, and by Allah it should be quite." as he turned his foot struck against the jade necklace lying on the rug where she had thrown it he picked it up and called her back she came reluctantly slowly with mutinous eyes he held out the necklace silently and silently she stared not at it but at him her heart began to beat faster and the colour slowly left her face take it i wish it he said quietly no it was little more than a gasp you will wear it to please me he went on in the same soft voice and the old hateful mockery crept into his eyes to please my artistic soul i have an artistic soul even though i am only an arab i will not The mockery was wiped out of his eyes in a flash, giving place to the usual ferocity, and his forehead knit in the dreaded heavy scowl. "'Diane, obey me!' She clenched her teeth on her lower lip until a rim of blood stained their whiteness. If he would only shout or bluster like the average angry man, she felt that she could brave him longer. But the cold, quiet rage that characterized him always was infinitely more sinister and paralyzed her with its silent force she had never heard him raise his voice in anger or quicken his usual slow soft tone but there was an inflection that came into his voice and a look that came into his eyes that was more terrible than any outburst she had seen his men shrink when standing near him she had barely been able to hear what he had said She had seen a look from him silence a clamorous quarrel that had broken out among his followers too close to his own tent for his pleasure. And that inflection was in his voice, and that look was in his eyes now. It was no longer use to resist. The fear of him was an agony. She would have to obey, as in the end he always forced her to obey. She wrenched her eyes away from his compelling stare— her bosom heaving under the soft silk, her chin quivering, and reached out blindly and took it from him. But the sudden chill of it against her bare breast seemed to revive the courage that was not yet dead in her. She flung up her head, the transient color flaming into her cheeks, and her lips sprang open, but he drew her to him swiftly and laid his hand over her mouth. I know, I know, he said coldly, I am a brute and a beast and a devil. You need not tell me again. It commences to grow tedious. His hand slipped to her shoulder, his fingers gripping the delicate rounded arm. How much longer are you going to fight? Would it not be wiser, after what you have seen to-day, to recognize that I am master? You mean that you will treat me as you treated the colt this afternoon, she whispered, her eyes drawn back irresistibly to his in spite of all her efforts. "'I mean that you must realize that my will is law.' "'And if I do not?' He guessed rather than heard the words. "'Then I will teach you, and I think that you will learn, soon.' She quivered in his hands. It was a threat, but how much of it he meant to be taken literally she did not know again every ghastly detail of the afternoon passed with lightning speed through her mind when he punished he punished mercilessly to what lengths would he go the arab standards were not those of the men amongst whom she had lived the position of a woman in the desert was a very precarious one there were times when she forgot altogether that he was an arab until some chance as now drove the hard fact home indisputably he was an arab and as a woman she need expect no mercy at his hands his hands she looked down for a second sideways at the fingers gripping her shoulder and she saw them again stained with blood saw them clenched round the dripping thong She knew already by bitter experience the iron grip of his lean fingers and the compelling strength of his arms. Her quick imagination leaped ahead. What she had already suffered would be nothing compared with what would be. The remembrance of the stained, huddled figure of the servant he had chastised rose before her and as she battled with herself still torn in her passionate desire to make her strong will and courageous spirit triumph over her coward woman's body that shrank instinctively from physical torture his arm tightened around her and she felt the hard muscles pressing against her shoulders and soft bare neck a suggestion of the force lying dormant beside her she looked up at him slowly his expression was unchanged his forehead was still drawn together in the heavy frown and there was no softening in his eyes the cruel lines about his mouth were accentuated and the tiger look in his face was more marked than ever he was not threatening idly he meant what he said you had better kill me she said drearily that would be to admit my own defeat he replied coolly I DO NOT KILL A HORSE UNTIL I HAVE PROVED BEYOND ALL POSSIBLE DOUBT THAT I CANNOT TAME IT. WITH YOU I HAVE NO SUCH PROOF. I CAN TAME YOU, AND I WILL. BUT IT IS FOR YOU TO CHOOSE, AND TO CHOOSE TONIGHT IF YOU WILL OBEY ME WILLINGLY, OR IF I MUST MAKE YOU. I HAVE BEEN VERY PATIENT, FOR ME, HE ADDED, WITH AN odd SMILE FLITTING ACROSS HIS FACE. BUT MY PATIENCE IS EXHAUSTED. CHOOSE QUICKLY insensibly he drew her closer to him till his arm felt like an inflexible steel band about her and she thought with a shudder of the coils of a great serpent closing round its victim she made a final effort to conquer herself but between her and the broad chest so close to her she seemed to see a horse's head held low in agony "'blood and foam dripping from his lacerated mouth "'and a horse's flanks heaving piteously, "'torn with the cruel punishment he had undergone. "'A sudden nausea came over her. "'Everything seemed to swim before her eyes, "'and she swayed against the man who was holding her. "'Her bodily fear overruled her mind. "'She could not bear any more. "'I will obey you,' she whispered heavily. He took her chin in his fingers and jerked her head up sharply, staring at her intently until she felt he was looking into her very soul. The heavy scowl smoothed away, but the fierceness lingered in his eyes. "'Good,' he said at length, briefly. "'You are wise,' he added significantly. He tilted her head further back, bending his own down until his lips were nearly touching hers.' she shivered involuntarily an anguished appeal leaping into her eyes he smiled ironically do you hate them so much my kisses she swallowed convulsively you are at least candid if you are not complimentary and with that he released her and turned away she reached the curtain that divided the two rooms her heart beating wildly giddy with the strain that she had gone through. She paused a moment and looked back at him, amazed at her own temerity. He had unbuttoned the flap of the tent and was standing in the entrance, looking out into the night. The scent of the peculiar tobacco he used drifted to her with the draft from the open door. Her eyes grew puzzled. Would she ever understand him? TONIGHT HE HAD GIVEN HER A CHOICE INSTEAD OF SIMPLY ENFORCING HIS WILL HE HAD MADE HER CHOOSE TO SAVE HERSELF HE HAD PROVED HIS DETERMINATION AND HIS MASTERY OVER HER AND WITH HIS LAST WORDS THE UNEXPECTED GENTLENESS HAD COME INTO HIS VOICE AGAIN AND THE CRUEL LINES ABOUT HIS MOUTH HAD RELAXED IN A SMILE OF AMUSEMENT IT WAS THE SWIFT TRANSITION FROM FEROCITY TO GENTLENESS THAT SHE COULD NEVER FATHOM. His complex nature was beyond her understanding. She would not try to understand him. She could never know the depths of his baffling personality. She only knew that for some reason of his own he had spared her, and she feared him more than ever. End of chapter 4C